ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Shri Bhagavan's divine grace AC Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada chapter 18 text 65 very well known verse you can please chant after me manmana bhava madbhakto madyaji mang namaskaru mame vaishyasi satyam te Pratijane Priyosime. Anyone else like to chant? Anyone? Ladies? No one knows this verse? No one? Really? Well, you better chant it some more. I mean, you all followed, but you don't have the confidence to. Say it first. Go and take the book and chant. Learn verses. It's good to learn verses. It is the most basic verse. Translation of the complete verse. Always think of me. Become my devotee. Worship me and offer your homage unto me. Thus you will come to me without fail. I promise you this because you are my very dear friend. Purport: The most confidential part of knowledge is that one should become a pure devotee of Krishna and always think of him and act for him. One should not become an official meditator. Life should be so molded that one will always have the chance to think of Krishna. One should always act in such a way that all his daily activities are in connection with Krishna. He should arrange his life in such a way that throughout the 24 hours he cannot but think of Krishna. And the Lord's promise is that anyone who is in such pure Krishna consciousness will certainly return to the abode of Krishna, where he will be engaged in the association of Krishna face to face. This most confidential part of knowledge is spoken to Arjuna because he is the dear friend of Krishna. Everyone who follows the path of Arjuna can become a dear friend to Krishna and obtain the same perfection as Arjuna. These words stress that one should concentrate his mind upon Krishna. The very form with two hands carrying of carrying a flute the bluish boy with a beautiful face and peacock feathers in his hair there are descriptions of krishna found in the brahma samhita and other literatures one should fix his mind on the original form of godhead krishna one should not even divert his attention to other forms of the lord the lord has multi forms as vishnu narayana rama varaha etc but a devotee should concentrate his mind on the form that was present before arjuna concentration of the mind on the form of krishna constitutes the most confidential part of knowledge and this is disclosed to arjuna because arjuna is the most dear friend of krishna this is a very well known verse of bhagavad gita i hope you've all heard it before lord krishna states that this is my most Uh, beneficial advice in the whole of bhagavad gita all of bhagavad gita is meant for our benefit and lord krishna says that this is for the topmost benefit of 
Arjuna and for everyone to always think of Krishna, to be his pure devotee, uh, to completely surrender to him, to always be absorbed in thought of Krishna. This is the ultimate goal of life. We are all conditioned souls, that's why we're in this material world. But if we can come to the stage of always thinking of Krishna, then by that fight alone, we will no longer be conditioned souls. We will always swim in the bliss of pure Krishna consciousness. And particularly in this Kali Yoga, although Kali Yoga is an age in which there are so many disturbances, both external and internal, even in our own minds there are so many disturbances. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come and given us the easy process by which we can be uh, absorbed in thought of Krishna by chanting the holy names of Krishna, especially the Mahamantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Srila Prabhupada coming in a chain of great pure devotees from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has introduced us to this process of chanting and following all the processes of Bhakti Yoga by which we have the opportunity to be fully engaged in Krishna uh, consciousness, Krishna service, Krishna thought. Srila Prabhupada commenting on this verse would often say, what is the difficulty? What is the difficulty to think of Krishna? There is no difficulty to think of Krishna. We have to think of something. Why not think of Krishna? The most Oh, the only object of meditation, the only object of thought, the only subject of thought that will actually satisfy us, that is actually pleasing, is to always, everywhere, in all circumstances, think of Krishna. So Srila Prabhupada would often say, what is the difficulty? Unfortunately, uh, we do find difficulty. What is the difficulty? Well, there's my house, my car, my debts, my dog, my cat, my mother, my grandmother, and all these things I have to think about. My football team, and my garden, and on and on and on. We have so many things. We are prone not to think of Krishna. This is our misfortune. Fortunately, we've also been given the process of sadhana bhakti, by which we can gradually cultivate the consciousness of thinking of Krishna. In sadhana bhakti there are many prescribed activities, rising in the morning early, taking bath, spending the early morning hours absorbed in hearing and chanting about Krishna. There are many activities to be performed in sadhana bhakti by which one can gradually become free from the disease of not thinking of Krishna. And one can be gradually become absorbed in thinking of Krishna only. So this sadhana bhakti is based on the uh, background of 
pure life, one cannot perform sadhana properly. If one is engaging in sinful activities, therefore those who make a commitment to endeavor for always thinking of Krishna, to make that endeavor to mold their life, as Srila Prabhupada states in this purport, one's life should be so molded that one cannot but think of Krishna 24 hours a day. So, as we don't have that practice, we don't, we don't have that habit of always thinking of Krishna 24 hours a day, there are certain activities and ways in which to mold our lives so that we can be absorbed in Krishna thought 24 hours a day. That process is given the process of sadhana bhakti, which on the path of sadhana, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're always engaged directly in hearing and chanting, but there are many activities for serving Krishna also in various ways, apart from directly hearing and chanting, although hearing and chanting should go on at all times, but there's also cooking for Krishna, distributing books for Krishna, enrolling life members for Krishna. Uh, there may be some legal activities in connection with the society that is formed for propagating Krishna consciousness. These are all Krishna activities that if one is engaged in, uh, then one has the opportunity to always think of Krishna 24 hours a day. Srila uh, Prabhupada taught us all these things, all the Acharyas have taught us all these things. Uh, and the process is easy, some people find it difficult to follow. But intrinsically, there's nothing very difficult. People say, well, it's too difficult to follow all these things. But what's difficult? There's nothing very difficult. You may think, well, rising early in the morning is difficult. But it's a matter of practice. One has to regulate to rise early. One may think, well, it's difficult to eat only prasadam. But it's not difficult, you just, you just make a vow and you only take prasadam, that's all. There's no intrinsic difficulty in any of these activities. It's a matter of having the determination to do so. Nevertheless, we find that despite being given this process in, in which there's nothing really very difficult, Many people who take to this process, they don't stick to it, or they don't stick to it very strongly, or despite practicing for some time, they find that they're not getting the result they expected. They thought, well, I'll chant Hare Krishna for three or four weeks, or maybe three or four months, or maybe three or four years, and then I should be completely pure, and I won't have any more material desires, and that's it, quick and easy. But we find that 
often it's not so easy. Actually, it is easy, but we we remain attached to material desires, material attachments, habits. So, what to do? We 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 want to be. Part of us wants to be fully Krishna conscious, and part of us remains attached various with various material attachments. Sometimes devotees ask that, well, I want to be fully Krishna conscious, then why do I have, why are all these material desires there? Well, actually the fact is if we really want to be fully Krishna conscious, then the material desires won't be there. When people ask me this, I often ask, well, you answer this question yourself. You yourself give the answer. You ask why the material desires are there. You're asking me, ask yourself. Why are you holding? It's, it's our own desire to hold on. We say, no, no, I don't want. If we really don't want, then we really wouldn't hold on to our material attachments. So it's, uh, it appears to be like a struggle. The material attachments appear to be very strong. At the same time, we're endeavoring to become Krishna conscious, following the process of sadhana. But one way to one way to overcome this problem that I want to be a pure devotee of Krishna, I want to think always of Krishna's leelas with the gopis and all this business of sense control and uh, understanding Bhagavad Gita. I've been through all that. Now I want to come to a higher level. So one way to do that is to pretend that I'm on a higher level. That just, well, you know, I already learned 25 Bhagavad Gita shlokas and I've been chanting 16 rounds more or less for the last few years and uh, now it's time to go on to something higher. So that's one way of doing it and uh, you can, we can just start talking about gopis and intimate pastimes and higher levels of Krishna consciousness and presume ourselves to be on that level and we can even become quite learned and discuss all kinds of intricate uh, topics of very high level Krishna consciousness. However, that Doing that, it's, it's, you, you just can't take a, a, a rod and ram down the doors of Vaikuntha and go charging in by force. The material desires, they, just by trying to push oneself up to that level, material desires don't go away. And so it, it's sometimes seen that we have persons who on one hand, they'll be talking of very high leelas and this and that. On the other hand, they don't even follow basic principles. Or they don't even chant 16 rounds of the Maha Mantra. So it becomes rather foolish. So we don't follow the basic things, but we want to try to fool ourselves and others that we're on a very high level. 
This is called Prakrita Sahajiya. Those who, uh, they don't want to take the hard work, actually it's some hard, it means some application of following the process that's given by the Acharyas. They don't want to follow that very seriously. But at the same time, they want to take the gifts of the great Acharyas. Bhavagare Churi. This is in the language of Bhaktisiddhanta Sastra Thakur. They're trying to plunder by force, to steal from the house of transcendental emotion. That, that, that's not possible. But there is a kind of cheating going on in which others who who like to talk on this very high level and they think, oh, these others are on a very low level, they're just talking about Bhagavad Gita. But they don't consider the question of qualification. What is the qualification to actually come to this very high platform? And there are so many points to be understood in this matter that we see that often those who are on the very high platform, they generally don't dis they don't discuss these matters in public because these are not meant for public discussion. It's not meant for speaking to people who have, they don't even know basic philosophy or they're not fixed in even basic practices and we'll talk to them about the intimate loving affairs of Radha and Krishna. It is inappropriate and actually becomes offensive. There's a well-known saying in Zen Buddhism, that those who know do not speak and those who speak do not know. So they apply this to knowledge of the truth, which they take to, which is they take to be inexpressible nothingness. But actually, it's applicable in this case that those who know. Those who know means not theoretically, but those who are actually qualified for topics of very high pastimes, those who know, they do not speak this willy-nilly, here and there to everyone. And those who speak about it publicly, we can be pretty sure that they, they're just making a show, because the real Acharyas, they don't do this. So those who speak they do not actually know how to please Radha and Krishna. The point, the whole point is how to please Radha and Krishna. And that can be done by uh, training people appropriate to their level of realization so that they can gradually advance in Krishna consciousness. It is inappropriate, just as, as it is inappropriate to teach higher mathematics to those who have not mastered the, the basic arithmetic and algebra. So, in the same way, it is inappropriate to attempt to teach topics of the transcendental loving affairs of Radha and Krishna to persons who are still attracted to the mundane, perverted reflection, loving affairs of this material world, who have not controlled their senses, who are still struggling to control their senses. That is certainly the goal, to come to this platform, but that has to be uh, 
proceeded toward in a gradual manner. And you may say, well, I've already been chanting 30 years. All right, go on chanting. It's still, it's not, it's, it's never a matter of ramrodding down the gates. It's that place can be achieved only by mercy of higher devotees. But how that mercy is received, that also has to be received appropriately to one's level of realization. This is, these are the teachings that we receive, particularly from our recent Acharya, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Srila Gorkishwar Das Babaji Maharaj, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasran Thakur, and our own Srila Prabhupada, who uh, had to contend with this uh, inappropriate, advertised, self-advertised, Mahabhagavats, or topmost devotees. So, Rupa Goswami's prescription, Utsaha Nisya Dharya, be enthusiastic to attain the goal. But that enthusiasm has to be backed with determination and patience. That is real enthusiasm. Enthusiasm it doesn't necessarily mean, mean to jump up and down and make a big show. A monkey is very enthusiastic, but a monkey doesn't make spiritual advancement. The enthusiasm of the monkey is on the platform of Rajagun, or the mode of passion. The enthusiasm of the monkey never leads to anything constructive, only destructive. So real enthusiasm is that which is sustained by determination, and patience, not that we find someone may be very enthusiastic for a short time and then they don't get what they want very quickly and then they give it up. And they go, and then they take it, and they become totally disappointed. That means they never had real faith in or understanding of the goal. They were never really very serious or sincere. Shooting star. They look, looks very good for a short time, but they don't remain. So that's why one has to uh, take up very seriously this process of sadhana bhakti, hearing, chanting about, serving with dedication, nischaya, with a firm vow to follow very seriously, and with patience. Patience means that that patience is based on the faith that if I follow this process, then gradually uh, I can become purified and make advancement, and Krishna and his devotees will help me. It is not my right to demand that now you, uh, now you, I'm already chanting so many years, and now you must immediately, why don't you surrender, to, why don't you do what I say and and give me Krishna Prem. But Krishna Prem is it's not something that can be demanded. We have to surrender to Krishna. We cannot demand that he will surrender to our desire. Krishna certainly will reciprocate with our desire if our desire is pure. But we actually have to become free of all material desires. That is the prerequisite for entering into the kingdom of God. Of course, by hearing about Krishna, we become purified.
So that's also there. It's not that we are dry yogis who simply talk about sense control. But by hearing about Krishna and being engaged in activities of service to Krishna, then our minds become gradually attracted to Krishna. And by being attracted to Krishna, then the lower attachments automatically are overcome when we have a higher level of attachment. Everything has to be uh, taken in a manner given to us by our acharyas who have given us this process of sadhana bhakti to follow. Actually, we should just as Krishna tells Arjuna, we should just think of Krishna. But we don't. Automatically we don't think of Krishna. So therefore we have to follow this process of sadhana bhakti. Then again the question may come, well, even many people have taken up sadhana bhakti very seriously, and but for some reason or other they're falling away or they're not practicing as seriously as they used to. They're not even able to, to come to the highest level. We have to adopt the gradual process. But um, uh, to, to come, that gradual process is one of sadhana bhakti. But then it seems that even people have difficulty following that. Then what should we do? Then just forget the whole thing and just, you know, Okay, never mind. Should we think it's impossible? Well, there are various responses to this. Uh, seeing that this world is a very difficult place at the present time, which is difficult maybe for those who had a vision of the progress of human society to imagine that how by making so many arrangements to remove difficulties they have made life so difficult. Just like here in this part of the world the climate is very difficult. So to cope with that Previously, people would chop wood and store it, and then every day they'd have to chop the larger pieces into smaller pieces, clean, the, clean out the fire, put in new firewood, stoke it up again, and you, you have to heat any warm water you want to heat water. They, generally, they wouldn't take baths very often. It's a big endeavor to take baths. So it's in many ways a difficult life. So in modern society, these difficulties have to, have to a large extent been removed, and the climate is still difficult. But now you can just, with a flip of a switch, have warmed room, or even you don't have to do that. It's, it's automatically controlled to be kept at a at an equable temperature. So, so many arrangements are there. Instead of having to grow your food, you can just go to the store and buy it. 
and or not even to, you can just go and eat and you don't even have to get out of your car you can have drive-in McDonald's so there are so many arrangements to remove the difficulties yet somehow or other people are suffering more than at any other time in history the physical difficulties have to a large extent been removed but people are suffering it's a very difficult age and, and there are so many social problems people are suffering psychological problems and to get all these different things there's great economic pressure there's economic problems or even if you're earning money you you have to accept so much stress in your work to get that money so it's a very difficult age and a response the various responses to these difficulties there are various responses um, there are various schools of psychology and psychiatric treatment psychoanalysis and chemical therapy for neurotic and psychotic disorders uh, in the modern age there are also it's become quite popular in the western world that people will consult astrologers or go to some new age kind of healers and maybe put some crystals in their house or have some feng shui adjustment the real problem with your life is that this window is in the wrong place so that's give me two thousand dollars for consulting fee and another five thousand dollars and move this window from this wall to the other and that will solve all your problems for instance and then you have the problem of paying the seven thousand dollars to do all this so maybe you solve one problem by moving the window but you have a problem of a in the meantime you have a seven thousand hole in your pocket problem so one problem creates another now Srila Prabhupada seeing the whole syndrome Srila Prabhupada was a very practical philosopher Srila Prabhupada was always speaking philosophy but he said that philosophy has to be practical he didn't like this kind of just sitting and talking and going nowhere just talking no practical application once he arrived in Hyderabad in South India and at the airport a newspaper reporter asked him are you a Dvaitavadi or an Advaitavadi it's a century old divide in what could be called Hinduism between Dvaitavadis and Advaitavadis those who believe in the plurality of the Absolute and those who deny the plurality of the Absolute so Srila Prabhupada didn't even he scoffed at the question he, he said what is the use of this question I mean it's the most it's the pivotal question in all of 
Hinduism. Prabhupada scoffed at it. He said, what is the use of this question? There's been no rain here for years. That was Prabhupada's response. You need rain. Never mind about Dvaitvada, Dvaitavada. And what does Bhagavad Gita state? Anad bhavanti bhutani parjanyad anasambhavaha yagya bhavati parjanyo yagya karma samadbhavaha He quoted this verse from Bhagavad Gita. The, the practical matter that everyone lives on anna, food. And food, to grow it, requires rain. And rain according to Lord Krishna and Bhagavad Gita, comes from performing yajna or sacrifice. And sacrifice comes from following prescribed duties. So Srila Prabhupada said, there's no rain. We have to do yajna. We have to perform sacrifice. So we have come here to perform Sankirtan yajna. You can sit and talk, Dvaitvada, Dvaitvada, this, that, the other. But what about rain? We're going to do Sankirtan. The day after Prabhupada arrived with his disciples, they were going out in the hot, dry streets of Hyderabad and chanting the holy names of Krishna. Within two days there was rain for the first time in two years. So that's Prabhupada's practical philosophy. So Srila Prabhupada is very practical. When he first came to the West, he spoke very simple philosophy, he had a lot of uh, He Well, actually, first of all, before Prabhupada... Uh, he, he was preaching, but before he embarked on on uh, starting a movement or any such thing, but he was looking to see what is the situation, how people are trying to understand culturally where they're at. And he was preaching. He came to New York City, and. Anyway, eventually his society was formed. He was speaking simple philosophy, having a lot of kirtan, distributing prasadam, and gradually teaching the people who came to him about Krishna consciousness. And he presented. He didn't... Uh, he didn't start talking about intimate leelas of Krishna with the gopis, but he presented in very simple format. You chant Hare Krishna, become purified, it's very simple and easy. It's bliss. And actually it is. But then Srila Prabhupada after some time saw that even people, they took up Krishna, even if they took up Krishna consciousness very seriously and they came to the point of presenting themselves for initiation. I, I want to be initiated. I want to be your disciple. I want to follow these four regulated principles. No meat-eating, no gambling, no illicit sex, no intoxication. They would follow these rules and then submit themselves for an initiation, chanting minimum 16 rounds of the Hare Krishna mantra. Prabhupada would give initiation, but even after practicing for some time and taking the vow to follow, again they would fall down. And this didn't happen once or twice, but happened repeatedly. So, Srila Prabhupada, uh, considering this, that people in the Western countries are very fallen, actually, although in the Western countries we tend to consider that we're very advanced culturally, 
But in terms of what it means to be a disciple, what it means to take a vow, what it means to refrain from sinful activities, we have no idea. And even though we may take a vow, we don't think anything of just breaking it. So seeing this, Srila Prabhupada, his um, response to this, that well, devotees have spiritual difficulties, they're following, and then they, they're not, uh, they're having difficulties in following. So Srila Prabhupada's response was not to give psychological counseling. But his response was that we need to organize society because the whole society is wrong. The, the, the psychological or, or the, the so-called science of psychology as it's been developed is on the Western world is developed on the basis of Western society in which the or materialistic society in which it is considered normal to be what, according to, from the Krishna conscious perspective, what is considered normal is to be insane anyway. Nunam karma yad indriya pritiya According to the Srimad Bhagavatam, one is insane if he endeavors for sense gratification because that leads to rebirth and concomitant suffering. So basically, every, anyone who, specifically if they perform sinful activities which cause us to suffer greatly, they're insane. But the whole modern Western society is based on sinful activities. So to be normal according to Western society is, according to the version of Srimad Bhagavatam, to be insane. So the psychological counseling of how to be normal in the materialistic sense is how to be insane in the version of Srimad Bhagavatam. So... <coughs> Seeing this, Srila Prabhupada, he wanted to introduce that cultural net or that cultural backup with this term which Srila Prabhupada spoke of a lot and Srimad Bhagavatam speaks of, but which somehow or other in Iskon at the present time seems to become a dirty word, Srila Prabhupada wanted to introduce Varnashram, Dharma, which helps people to act in accordance with their present conditioning, following uh, cultural guidelines that help to foster Krishna consciousness. 
of course, this is a very big topic. Srila Prabhupada, he saw that the modern society is so much antithetical to Krishna consciousness that he conceived of a plan whereby instead of trying to practice Krishna consciousness in an atmosphere which is not at all conducive to Krishna consciousness, that better we devotees have their own communities and live according to uh, traditional guidelines, traditionally according to Shastra, in a manner that we can become gradually purified. Otherwise, in modern, modern life, the whole atmosphere works against purification. The whole atmosphere is pushing us, eat meat, drink wine, have illicit sex, have intoxication, buy this, buy that, become more and more materialistic. It's difficult to avoid. And even if we want to perform sadhana, the force of modern life is that, that we're busy so much time working just to maintain the basic necessities that it's very difficult to have enough time for sadhana. <coughs> basic necessities have increased. Basic necessities are food, clothing and shelter. In this inclement climate, it becomes more difficult. In, in a warm climate, these things are very easily available. You don't need so much clothing and you don't need so much shelter, except for the rainy season. But for the cold, there's, it's, it's not... In a warmer climate, the cold isn't such a severe problem. In this climate, unless one makes good arrangements to protect against the cold, then you simply die, that's all. It's too cold even to live. So, uh, the basic necessities in Canada are food, clothing, shelter, and fuel. <laughs> uh, fuel is always there for cooking in any climate, unless one lives on fruit. But, uh, Fuel for keeping warm, heating water, all these things. And then the, the shelter also has to be a very solid shelter to protect against the cold. But apart from nowadays, we, it's practically a necessity to have a vehicle, at least one vehicle per family. And uh, so many things, so many cooking utensils, AC and we have to have electricity and so many things we find necessities in modern life. So life has become very complex. So Srila Prabhupada he wanted to introduce a what is actually a highly revolutionary plan that people live a different kind of life that if we understand that the goal of life is to be Krishna conscious and the whole atmosphere that we're living in works against that so that some people who maybe they're fortunate they have inherited some money or they have a knack for making money 
very easily or uh, so they, they're not strained for making money. There's very few people like that, less than 1% who get money without much endeavor. Or there are others whose own determination is very strong. Another, probably less than 1%, who, uh, despite living in modern society, they're able to maintain their determination very strongly to practice Krishna consciousness. There are also devotees coming from Indian cultural background, which is uh, often we see very helpful for practicing Krishna consciousness. So that's also in many cases a factor by which persons can take to Krishna consciousness and remain with it despite the difficulties of in the in difficulties concomitant with modern life. So, uh, but that that leaves most people who take to Krishna consciousness uh, in a difficult situation. Working, having to bring money. performing activities and in association with performing activities not conducive for Krishna consciousness in association with people uh, whose association is also not conducive for Krishna consciousness. And we see that in many, many cases they simply become weak. And thus they give up hope in Krishna consciousness or they pretend to be on a very high level, or they just maintain a, some kind of weak connection. They maybe come to the temple once a month or on some festival, and then they just chit-chat uh, with other devotees. They're not, they don't even attempt to come to the, to the uh, level that is the level of intensity that is required to be Krishna conscious actually to be in Krishna conscious it requires intense endeavor bhakti yajeta by highly concentrated <laughs> activity in Krishna consciousness one can achieve perfection of life it's not it's not a hobby or a or something that can be it can't be like number 10 on your list of priorities or number 2 on your list of priorities. Or practically speaking, if one is to be Krishna conscious, then there is no other priority. It is the goal of life. There is no other goal. Circumstantially, one may have family maintenance and so many things, but if one is actually serious, if one's actually understood what it means to be Krishna conscious, then there is no other priority but to be Krishna conscious and to share that with others. That's real family life in Krishna consciousness. Uh, family responsibilities are there, on the, the, arranging for food, clothing, shelter, raising the children and so on. But the, but the real focus and the real responsibility is being Krishna conscious and com as a family acting in Krishna consciousness and giving... The parents have to 
seriously endeavor to pass that on to their children. So, uh, seeing that most people, even they take to Krishna consciousness, they're inspired by that. They want to do that. But again being carried away by the waves of mind. It's, it's, it's a repeated syndrome. People are trapped, suffering in material life. They're looking for a solution. They want to uh, find out what is the real goal of life. They come to Krishna consciousness. They're excited by it. They take it up seriously. But material desires, uh, they don't go away very quickly. And they realize that, well, I can't, I'm not going to be able to fully dedicate myself at this point. Uh, therefore, I should enter family life, and then circumstantially one is carried away by family commitments, job commitments, social commitments, and our commitment to Krishna slackens. So Srila Prabhupada, seeing this, he had really the revolutionary proposal that we cut out from this society and make our own communities in which we can live simply without working hard. I mean, it doesn't mean that all hard work is stopped, but, but this uh, ugra karma or unnatural work, that, that is uh, stopped. Live as simply as possible. Not necessarily uncomfortably, but as simply as possible. And live together as devotees. So that we can chant Hare Krishna. Unimpeded by so many extraneous considerations. Remove ourselves from the bombardment of material attractions that is intrinsic to the modern materialistic society and organize society in such a way that even though people have different psychophysical makeup and tendencies that everyone can engage their propensities in such a way that <coughs> those propensities can be engaged in Krishna's service. As Lord Krishna states in Bhagavad Gita that everyone can work in the manner prescribed for them and in this way attain the perfection of life, which is manmana bhavamad bhakto, madhyaji mang namaskaru, mame vaishyasi satyangte pratichane priyosimi. To always think of Krishna, become his devotee, bow down to him, worship to him, and in this way, being always absorbed in him, to come to him. It's easy. There should be nothing difficult to think about Krishna, but circumstantially we find it difficult. As those of you who are not new in Krishna consciousness, many of you have been 
coming for many years. You must have heard these things before, but on special request, I'm and anyway, I was thinking of speaking of these. I'm speaking about this today, just to remind us of this uh, important part of Prabhupada's mission. That Prabhupada, he had a social plan also, seeing the degraded condition of modern society. Srila Prabhupada had a social plan by which uh, we can live in a, in a manner that is prescribed by Shastra for those of us who are not fully ready to surrender to Krishna in all respects. So we should endeavor for that. There's no solution from materialistic people. They, they themselves are confused whether, whether it's New Age crystal ball gazing or whether it's some kind of so-called psychology or whatever it may be. The materialistic people, they don't know what the goal of life is, let alone how to attain it. What they consider normal is sinful. So, better to take guidance from Shastra, as given by our Acharya, Srila Prabhupada. It's, it's relatively easy to go along with the modern society. It's easy to swim with the current. But the thing is that that current is going nowhere near Krishna. That current is carrying us away from Krishna. So it's relatively easy to go with that current, but the result is inauspicious. So it is a great responsibility of the followers of Srila Prabhupada to endeavor to set up communities in which people can live simply and think of Krishna. So that's... Over time. Huh? How long was I speaking? Alright, any question or comment about this, please? I mean, it's a big topic and there's a lot of controversy and people are, they don't even like to talk about it. Afterwards. But... Uh, thought I'd just bring that reminder, especially as I've written some books pertaining to this subject. Yes, please. Yeah, please. Do we have, an, uh, do we have another mic for questions? Who's speaking? Yourself? Yeah. Well, you can speak. You don't have to strain your voice. Just speak and I'll repeat the question. There you are. There it is. Problem solved. Okay. Um, we know that uh, in the uh, northern society, and even Prabhupada has talked about this, the government has got a responsibility towards the people themselves, but is there any, any proposal, like you were saying, on how 
the higher Christian movement could bring uh, the uh, Christian consciousness to the governmental level. Is there any proposal how to bring Christian consciousness to the governmental level? About this, in the Western countries, Prabhupada said, well, there's democracy, so we should preach among the people, and then uh, eventually the point will come when they'll vote for a Christian conscious leader. Do you see uh, the possibility of that? Yeah. Well, that, that's what, that was a suggestion from Srila Prabhupada. Yeah, that you, you just preach widely, and then if people see that this, <laughs> people appreciate this, then uh, they'll vote for a Krishna conscious leader. <laughs> Obviously, it's it's a revolutionary program, and it's it's not gonna ha it's not gonna happen overnight, but it can happen. Why not? No one thought it was possible that Krishna consciousness could even be preached in the Western world, but it is. So now it's a step further. Yeah, Prabhupada had very big plans. The whole world should become Krishna conscious. But, but uh, yeah. You see, even if we go and speak to the government leaders, the prime minister, but he can't say, all right, now everyone should stop eating meat and stop gambling, close down the slaughterhouses. He doesn't have the power to do that. His party members won't support him. The, the electorate will throw him out at the next election, if, they, if not before. So there has to be public consent. The other possibility is by force, but if the people are so much against it, that won't... For a start, we're not in any position to force any country to follow Krishna consciousness. And even if even if we could, then the uh, unless unless people are convinced, how are you going to maintain? The, the the army won't help you to suppress the people because they also want illicit sex, gambling, illicit meat eating and all this. So you really you have to convince people. By force it's not going to work. But there is good scope at the present time because many people are looking, they're seeing that modern civilization is a failure. Prabhupada was saying this in the 1960s and 70s. At that time, hardly anyone was ready to listen. But now many people, are, they realize that. I mean, even the, even the members of the uh, academia who are more or less paid lackeys of the, they're a, Members of the establishment, their job is to uphold the establishment, but uh, they, they realize it, it's a failure, it's a modern society. The dream of modern society has failed. It's, it's on, on all fronts. Now people are very concerned ecologically, but economically it's a flop. I mean, a few people are uh, so-called doing well, but uh, most of the world is living in poverty, and then uh, you know, psychologically it's a flop, and uh, the socially it's a it's a flop because what kind of civilization is it where you 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 can't trust anyone? 
there's terrorism everywhere and rampant uh, there's crime everywhere modern civilization is a failure so we have the answers but it's a matter of implementing that yeah anything else please please take the mic when you were talking about some people becoming devotees and making vows and decide to follow and the other words not following so much, I thought I heard in the class sometimes that Sri Prabhupada was talking about his devotees and said, My devotees are very nice, but the problem is they don't, they're not afraid of Maya. Yeah, I've heard that before also. That Srila Prabhupada said that my problem with my disciples is that they're not sufficiently afraid of Maya. Maya takes over. Yeah, well, if you're not afraid, of, yeah, Maya's running this material world. <laughs> Well, Prabhupada didn't say that. He was giving enough information about Maya. But we, were, we weren't taking Prabhupada seriously. It wasn't that Prabhupada wasn't telling us about Maya. All right. You want to introduce these books? That glimpses of traditional Indian life is quite relevant for this. Yeah, just briefly introduce them. I'm... I'm, it's a it's a group effort addressing how the Christian consciousness movement should be spread and nourished throughout the world. It's a group effort, and on Prabhupada's order, my attempt at making some contribution to this is by writing books. So I 